Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Our bodies hold innate wisdom that can help us live healthier, happier lives. The only question is, are we listening? That's what we're going to talk about right here, right now. I'm Polly Campbell, Simply Said. Hello, 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 and welcome to Polly Campbell Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. And you've heard me talk many times about how I believe the foundation of all that starts with us. It starts with our self-awareness, with our noticing, tuning in, paying attention, not only to what's going on around us, but what's going on within us. It's about listening to our thoughts and our body. Well, today we're going to talk about just how to do that. I call them the bigwigs, the experts, the authors of The Listening Cure, Dr. Chris Gilbert. She is an author, speaker, and physician with expertise in integrative and holistic medicine, including homeopathy, acupuncture, bioidentical hormones, which I'm going to ask about because I don't know what that is. She understands how the body works. She's also the author of The Listening Cure, along with her husband and Dr. Eric Hoseltine. He's a widely acclaimed popular science writer for Discover Magazine and Psychology Today, and an innovative neuroscientist and futurist. Dr. Hoseltine has worked with the Walt Disney Imagineering as the executive vice president and head of research and development, and he's also served with the U.S. government as associate director of national intelligence. Boy, I think we have covered it all with you two today. I'm just going to sit back and take this master class. Welcome to the show, Drs. Gilbert and Hazeltine. Thank you. Thank you so much, Polly. We really appreciate being on your show. And yes, we have expertise in everything, pretty much. Well, and I've, I've been reading your work. You know, I stumbled across uh, your blog on Psychology Today, Dr. Gilbert, and, and it really turned me on and got me thinking. And then I, I found the rest of your work, and you work often together, the two of you. Um. And you did on this book, The Listing Cure. Tell me a little bit about that book and, and where that idea came from. Well, it came from the fact that uh, people are used to see their physicians and the physicians usually give medications, but uh, sometimes we don't need medications. Sometimes we just need to pay attention to what the body is feeling, to what the body is expressing. And by changing our attitude towards the body, then we can have a cure. So um, because a lot of my patients were having side effects from medications, when in fact the problems could be easily uh, um, solved by just just paying attention to their body, I switched to uh, paying attention to the body and having a dialogue with different parts of the body to know exactly what the body wanted living in the body it's just it's just living as if you were married to a little animal that is inside of you so you you usually are the two of you your brain 
and your body. And sometimes the brain wants something and the body wants something else. And it's a marriage where you cannot have a divorce. You have mm. to live with your body. So you have to know your body well. I, I like this philosophy. And I know there are many women out there because this is the kind of things we talk about over happy hour with each other, who have a sense that something's happening, or they're feeling a little off. And they're aware, but they've met with doctors who are like, No, you just need a little bit of this, or you're too stressed, or you need sleep or and, and people really can learn to trust themselves with this kind of dialogue with their body. Isn't that what you're saying? It's, it's possible to know and, and to learn and then find a care practitioner we can work with on these things. Oh, absolutely. And my husband is a neuroscientist. So his point of view is actually very interesting. Tell about your point of view. Yeah, you might say, well, how come you have to take effort to tune into your body? Shouldn't it be automatic? Don't you mm -hmm. feel what's going on in your body? And the answer is no. And it has to do with what evolutionary psychologists call the survival imperative. Um, if you think about our brains today, they're really the same as they were 300,000 years ago when every day we face life or death situations. And in that situation, you have to focus to the here and the now, mostly what's going on externally. Is something chasing you and trying to kill you? Or are you trying to chase something and eat it? And so we tend to naturally and automatically and unconsciously focus on near-term urgent external things. You know, anyone who works knows that they have unlimited fires they have to put out or they're playing whack-a-mole. And there's a saying that the evolutionary psychologists use when they talk about this, the tyranny of the urgent trumps the pursuit of the important. Mm. So we tend to be monofocused on the latest, most important thing in front of us, and we ignore what's going on inside of us. And that's why things can happen in our body, and we tune it out, just like our emotions. Most people really aren't completely in touch with their emotions for the same reason. For, for example, somebody is going to be focused on their work and uh, they're going to sit for eight hours without moving because, uh, again, it's the urgent. Mm -hmm. it, they have to do this urgent work. And in the meantime, their body is going to suffer. Their body is going to want to move, want to walk, want to stretch. But the the mind will deny that to the body. So um, the body is not going to be happy. The body is going to start having aches and pains. And the mind is going to ignore that. Mm -hmm. And then the body will be more and more loud um, as time goes by because the body really has needs that need to be addressed. And that's how illnesses, aches and pains will start, for example. Yeah. So when you say the body will become more and more loud when it's unlistened to or unheard, how does the body speak? Does it come then in the form of chronic illness or something scary? Or or if we tune in earlier, are we going to identify things that will help us be healthier before those problems occur? How, how does it speak to us? Oh, absolutely. If we tune in earlier, we'll avoid a lot of uh, problems. Uh, the body speaks to us by um, aches and pains usually, or being fatigued, or uh, having uh, recurrent infections. So mm -hmm. why am I getting 
colds like every month? Uh, why am I run down? Uh, why am I having pain in my knee when I walk? Why am I having pain in my back? And at the beginning, it could be just a, a little bit of pain. Uh, and uh, so I'll, I'll give an example, um, my own example. If I walk for four hours, my, my brain loves walking for four hours. And after one hour, my knee is going to say, hmm, I'm going to start having a little bit of pain. My knee is going to say, no, 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 no. One hour is enough. And then mm -hmm. my brain is going to say, no, no, we want to continue. But my knee is going to say, no, no, no. I'm going to, it's going to be more and more in pain until after two hours, I'm going to have to stop walking because it's too much. Uh, so if I had listened to my knee right away, like after one hour, I would have said, okay, I think my knee says it's, uh, it's okay after one hour. So I would have uh, stopped after one mm -hmm. hour and would not have damaged my cartilage or, my, or the rest of my joint. That's an example. Mm -hmm. Dr. Hazeltine, is it the same with our mental health? Is, is that exhaustion or overwhelm or anger that we're feeling a sign that, hey, we need a mental break or we need to regroup here before we turn into depression or hostility or one of those other things? Or is there no... Uh, is it not common like that? Well, psychotherapists typically focus on getting patients in touch with their feelings. Uh, for example, anger, fear, uh, negative emotions. And people suppress those. They push them down because they're unpleasant. They feel out of control. And they're urgent things they have to pay attention to. So they don't want to be distracted. Um, and so really, when you think about emotions, they are part of the body because Every single emotion you have, you really experience in your body. Mm. For example, you may feel things in your chest, in your stomach. You may feel muscle tightness in different places. And so a large number of mental disorders are related to pushing down and ignoring and getting out of touch with your feelings. And it's directly related to listening to your body because listening to your body is also tuning into your emotions. And what we say in the book is that many illnesses are either triggered or aggravated by pushing down emotions such as anger or fear, that then they don't disappear. They do work on your body in a negative way. Mm. And depression, uh, hostility, trouble concentrating, uh, all those kinds of things result when uh, we do that. And one of the ways our body and our emotions get their need met is that they'll start talking louder and louder. Your back will hurt more and more. You'll have worse muscle spasms. You'll get more infections and so forth. Yeah. For, for example, if you're really angry um, and you cannot get your anger out and uh, you're angry at a situation that is there every single day, uh, you're going to have more and more muscle spasms, muscle mm. tension, but you won't be aware of this. And uh, little by little, it's going to really wear on you. And it could also be that you have muscle tension in your throat. Like I had patients that would have throat pain, chronic throat pain. Uh, for And there was no viral infection, no bacterial infection. It was just a muscle spasm in their throat because they couldn't express their anger. 
work. So I teach yeah. in that, I teach on how to express, to safely express anger. Because if you leave the anger inside and repress it and bottle it in, it's going to damage you. But if you express it, and the way to express it, as I tell my patients, is um, either put a few pillows on the sofa when you're by yourself and bang on those pillows with your hands or get a punching ball and boxing gloves and use that uh, punch, that ball with your boxing gloves and, and really uh, get your anger out this way. And then you'll feel better. And then the tension will go away. Mm. And then it will not damage your body. I love that. Okay, so now we know how the body speaks. But how can we become better listeners? We're going to take a break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask Drs. Chris Gilbert and Drs. Eric Hoseltine how we can be better listeners to tune in to these things before we feel bad, before they make us sick. We'll be right back on Polly Campbell's Simply Said, part of the Best Business Network of Electricast. And we are back on Polly Campbell Simply Said with Drs. Chris Gilbert and Eric Hoseltine. And we're talking about their book, The Listening Cure, but really how we can tune in to our body and our mind so that we can live healthier lives, so that we can notice things and make changes and accept it and express our emotions before they wreak havoc on our physical health. So we talked about some of the ways the body speaks, doctors. How do we become better listeners? How do we remember to get up and move our body instead of denying that it wants to move while we're at our desk for eight hours? How do we listen to what our body's saying? Well, first, when you get up, you can um, stretch and see how your body is enjoying the different stretches. If the body is tense already in the morning, Find out why is it tense? What's going on in the brain? Did you Were you angry the day before? Uh, or did you eat too much the day before? What is the situation of the body? And that's what I call um, the weather, weather forecast. Give us the weather forecast of your body. How is the body in the morning? Uh, and it just takes a few minutes. And then throughout the day, you can check with your body like around lunchtime. How body, how are you feeling? Are you tense? Do a few stretches again. Uh, what is the feeling? Did I get frustrated today? Am I feeling happy? And you can do the same thing at night. Uh, so check and everything changes throughout the day. Everything changes throughout the years because the body changes with the years as years go by. Whereas the mind can feel, you know, very young all the time, but the body has different needs that vary throughout the day and also throughout the year. So you need to be very aware. And sometimes you are not aware. Sometimes, uh, for example, between me and my husband, my husband will come and, uh, and say, well, Chris, you don't look happy. What's going on with you? Something is wrong. And I say, really? Then when I reflect, I say, oh, yeah, maybe, you know, you're right. Uh, there was something wrong, but I was not aware of it. So sometimes the, your significant other, your partner will be aware that there is something wrong before you yourself are aware of it. Or sometimes you look at pictures. You know, do you, how, how do you look at in, on pictures? Mm. 
it's things like that. I am one of the people that will get stuck at my desk, not because I'm unhappy, but because I get really caught up. I like what I'm doing. I get really caught up. And I started to put a chime on my phone, almost like an alarm clock, only it's a bell. It sounds better. And I put it to go off every hour because I really needed the room. I work alone um, while my family's out to school and work and so forth. I really needed the reminder to get up and move. And I can't, and sometimes it's only like two minutes, you know, I'll just get up and, and walk around the house or take the dog out or walk around the block, whatever it is. I cannot tell you how much better I feel from that little break every hour, mentally better. I'm just more focused when I come back. I'm more relaxed. I bet that doesn't surprise you at all. I bet you see that in, in people who put this to the test a little bit. Oh, absolutely. And also, it's very funny to look at people that when they are working at their desk. Sometimes you see their leg moving, like very jittery. You know, the, the, mm. their thigh just goes up and down, very jittery. And that's a sign that their body really needs to move. They need to go around the block and run or, or walk fast for five, 10 minutes or, or maybe half an hour. But usually they're not aware. Uh, so their body speaks and I see what their body needs. I see their legs moving, but they're not aware. How does it work in the workplace? Because this goes against this American notion of productivity, right? We're not even supposed to take breaks because the good employees just work through dinner or work through lunch. And, and what you're saying requires something different. It requires kind of uh, going against some of these systems that are still out there, although I think it's changing quite a bit, and saying, no, I'm going to be healthier and better for you and myself if I, if I get up and take a break. How can we start thinking and talking about this? That's a tough one because it takes somewhat of an enlightened company to realize that in the long run, they're better off letting their employees pay attention to their bodies and not do things that are bad for their bodies. Uh, there are companies, you know, like in Silicon Valley, where they have a lot of gyms and exercise and things, uh, and they tend to be more enlightened, but that's not everywhere. I think the bottom line is that each person has to take responsibility for their own mm -hmm. body and their own situation and work through and around the obstacles in the workplace. Um, I've seen people get standing desks so they weren't sitting down. I've also, my sister, who is a physician and worked at the National Institutes of Health, had a treadmill desk. Hmm. So she constantly was walking slowly while she worked at her desk, as it were. Now, not everybody can afford that, but um, there are creative ways to do it. And um, also, you know, it's interesting when you talk about productivity at work, the most productive meetings are hallway meetings that are chance encounters. And they hmm. say, you know, manage by wandering around. So there are ways, creative ways to weave physical activity into the, the workday. Um, but also, I think that, again, it comes down to where we start with everything, which is awareness. That's the most important step. Most people just simply aren't aware that they're tuning out their body and their emotions. And, you know, to start there, I think, is the most important, is to build awareness. Is the way to do that, then, what, what you mentioned, Dr. Gilbert, and, and that is just to 
come back and have automatic check-ins, get in the habit of checking in with your body and actually stopping and talking to yourself and paying attention to your feelings? Is that the best way to become aware? Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I think it is the best way to become aware. And also, you, you know, when you have an employer, the employer is going to squeeze every single uh, ounce of, of fluid, of, of whatever it can out of you, right? So I think it's it's the responsibility of it's our responsibility to take good care of our body. It could say, you know, you could say to your employer, oh, I need for my body. I need to get up for 10 minutes. I need to go around the block very quickly. I'll be back in 10 minutes and I'll need to do that like three times a day uh, or four times a day. Uh, And if you are very assertive telling your employer this is what you really need so you so that your productivity is going to be best i think they won't have any choice you you don't want to give them a choice and then you mm. want to show them that you're very good at what you're doing and i think as long as you're very good at what you're doing you can do those uh but being assertive and yeah check in your body on a regular basis the thing is the more you are sedentary the more uh, it's going to be difficult to move. So if you take good habits to start with, they will be easier to follow. So to start with, determine what, what what is it that your body needs? What is it that this little animal inside of you needs uh, this year? Because again, in five years, it might be different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so reflect, have a discussion with your body. What is it that makes it happy and healthy? How does it need to eat? What does it need to eat? Uh, what makes it sick? If you eat too much sugar, it could make it sick. Why do you need so much sugar? Uh, and how can you deal with it differently? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the conversation you need to have with your body. And that's simple to have. Just listen. And um, it's very interesting to discover, actually, what is this body you're living in? I think it is too. I love that you just said that. And I really appreciate what you're both saying about taking responsibility at work, at home. Where This is our one shot, right? We have this vehicle, this animal, as you call it. And this is our one shot. If we can't advocate for ourselves, basically we're saying, well, I, I don't want to go on the record to say this or do this. And we're just giving away our one shot. We we need to get up. We need to move. We need to listen. And if if there's something going on in your body that doesn't feel right, go find a doctor. Go talk to someone. Learn what you need to work well. We we talk about that a lot. I'm a, I'm a writer. We talk about that a lot on my writing podcast. Know your process. We need to know our process as human beings. What we need to do to feel well, to be healthy, to be productive, to enjoy, to have fun again. It doesn't have to be all so hard <laughs> if we take care of ourselves along the way. I like that idea. I just want to make one observation about mental health that very often the first sign that we have a mental health problem isn't our thoughts and perceptions, but it's what's going on in our body. And so really, uh, when, like any other illness, finding something early is better than finding it later. And so when there's something happening in the body, we tend to think of it as physical, but being aware that many times, and actually most of the time, when something's going on in your body, it can be a symptom of something deeper going on emotionally. Mm, and yeah. so 
when you have find yourself having more muscle spasms, uh, difficulty breathing, more frequent infections, or if you get cancer or something, um, what's going on that weakened your immune system? There's a whole field now called psychoneuroimmunology, in which we're now finding that your emotional state has an enormous effect on your immune system. And so autoimmune disease, where you have an overactive immune system can be triggered and aggravated, or deficiency in your immune system. So <clears throat> what makes you <clears throat> what makes you happy with your partner? What do you need from your partner that you are not getting? Uh, what is it that would make you really happy, that would boost your immune system? Um, and um, how can you ask for what you need? That's also a reflection uh, and a discussion to have with a partner. And sometimes the partner is not 100% happy either and doesn't have that discussion that that needs to be, um, that needs to be heard. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you talk about having the discussion also with yourself, do you do that out loud? Is this a journaling exercise? How do you recommend people start tuning in to their own self and having these conversations and becoming aware? Well, people can do it either way. I do, I tend to do it aloud because um, I love uh, trying things. So I do, uh, I actually use the two chair technique, the gestalt technique, where I uh, separate myself into my body and my mind. So on one chair, I speak as if I'm my mind by itself. And the other chair, I speak as if I'm <clears throat> just my body by itself and my mind. And there is a dialogue between my mind and my body. And I switch chairs. Hmm. Uh, sometimes I sit on the chair that is my mind. And I and I say, for example, oh, uh, body, I want you. I, I would want you to be healthier and stronger and younger. And, and then I switch to the other chair. This is my body chair. And the body, my body says, well, I'm sorry, but I can't. I'm getting older. I've got needs. And I want you to, you, you mind to be aware that this is, that I'm different, that I'm changing. Uh, so it that's what I like to do. And that's what I like to do with patients also. I used to do that with patients also. But you can do it in different ways. You can write. Um you can dance it out. You can dance the dance of your mind, the dance of your body. Hmm. Uh, you can do it in music. Some people are, love singing. Some people love to play an instrument. They can express what they're feeling through uh, music. Uh, it's there's uh, and sports. I mean, some people will need to express, you know, their anger in tennis or in table tennis or in different kinds of sports. Uh, so, uh, and some people will like to meditate. They will achieve also the connection between the, the, the mind and the body. So there are so many different ways to do it. So you need to find out what which way works for you the best. Yeah, I, I like that. You can get real creative and you can have fun with this. I, I'm I'm going to do the brain body thing. I, I do a lot of meditation and I'm, I really like to think and feel about this stuff, but I'm going to try that brain body in two different chairs. I think that could be a fun thing to do tomorrow and see, or tonight before bed and see how, how I'm doing, where things are at. We are talking with 
doctors, Chris Gilbert and Eric Hoseltine, the authors of The Listing Cure. Now, doctors, this is great. This makes a lot of sense to me, and I think we can benefit. How can we follow your other work? I know you have other books out, and you're doing all kinds of stuff. So where can people find you? Well, um, we both write for Psychology Today. Dr. Gilbert has a blog, Heal the Mind, Heal the Body. I have a blog called Long Fuse, Big Bang, after my first book on innovation. And we each have our own website. So www.drchrisgilbert.com, where I have different books I mean, on that. I mean, we've got The Listening Cure, mm -hmm. but I've got also uh, my memoir, which is called The French Stethoscope where I tell all about my adventures in working for Doctors Without Borders hmm. and how I got to do the kind of medicine that I do now. Um, and also another book, Dr. Chris's ABCs of Health. And Eric has the book. Uh, oh, well, I have uh, several. Um, I wrote a true spy thriller based on my experiences at NSA. Yeah, it's called The Spy in Moscow Station. And last year we jointly... Uh, came out with a book called Writing the Monster, Five Ways to Innovate in Big Bureaucracies. That's a fun one. And um, you can get find more about me at my website, www.drhasseltine.com. Just D-R-H-A-S-E-L-T-I-N-E.com. Fantastic. And you can track me down at polycampbell.substack.com. And also read more essays and articles on the topics we talk about here. If you want to get involved in that community, join us, polycampbell.substack.com. And my newest book is You Recharged. You can find it wherever books are sold. And remember this week, put in place some of these practices. Really start to listen to your body. Notice what it's trying to tell you. And it can be a wealth of information that will help us all live well, do good, and be happy. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that the No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Yeah.